Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Here's a brief but annoying message to let you know that you could have first heard this episode nine months ago if you were a subscriber to our Iron Filing Society Patreon offering. For the price of a pint and a St. Clements each month, you can get up to four episodes a week, nine months before the rest of the world gets them. Early access to regular episodes, lots of other marvellous benefits, and there's absolutely no adverts or brief but annoying messages like this that will get right on your ticks. Find out more and subscribe now at tftimemachine.com slash ironfilings. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go. This is it. This is Top Flight Time Machine. I am Andy Hotbody Dawson. Pow, pow, pow. I'm Sam Nifty Delaney. So what? Welcome along to another Melchester Odyssey. We are this week looking at the Royal the Rovers comic from the 26th of June, 1982. Predominantly, of course, at the Royal the Rovers story within, but also um, at a couple of other bits that are within the pages of interest. I'm looking at the front cover of this one. You can't see it, Sam, because I've, I've got mm. it in front of me. But it's fucking skew whiff. The, uh, the mess the up at the printers, was it? across the top is just a, a, an angle. It's a mess. Mm. That's the printer's. I'd ask for a discount if that happened, mm. something I was in charge of. Yeah, but there you go. I mean, you've been an editor yourself. You know how this works. I don't. Oh, yeah, you've got to go up the printers sometimes and have a fucking you have to go look at it yourself. Go, go, go to reception. Sometimes you do. Sometimes you do go, yeah, and then you have an actual look at it going through. And, right. I mean, in my case, I just pretend that I am aware of how the machine works and try yeah. to ask sort of questions that make me sound knowing. Okay. Yes, I'm the editor. Now, where are these magazines printed? Hmm. Yes, this gigantic machine. Good, good. This is the type I prefer. Where does the ink go in? It's going well. Yes. (laughs) How many have you printed so far? And tell me, how many magazines does this machine print per second? Oh, yes. Very good. This must be a Japanese model. Very good. Carry on. I'm going back to London now in my chauffeur driven car. They're not in London usually, the printers. Oh, they're not. I thought they'd just be up the road. You'd just walk up. Nah, you had to go to, to like Peterborough or somewhere like that. Right, yeah. And were you kind of treated as a VIP guest when you arrived? No, printers are no. printers are a tough Cunts. crowd. Yeah, well, I'm not saying that because... <laughs> You've been the, burned. The print community are yeah. can be formidable opponents in life. Well, was it not the printers who tried to bring down Murdoch? Oh yeah, totally, yeah, mate. The printers, weren't they? Yeah, massively. Do not fuck with the printers. Don't fuck with the printers. I mean, they did. They tried and failed. But although, from a political standpoint, it was great. It was one of the last sort of great stands of the the union movement in that era. But I, you know, if you read about it, like that, it's not black and white. I mean, their tactics, obviously. Murdoch's a convenient pantomime villain in any story, but some of their tactics were pretty grotesque. And also, um, I've heard Alan Johnson 
talking about the print unions, right? Right, yeah. And he, of Don't course, get him was... get into trouble. Careful what you say. No, he said this publicly. All right. Because he, he was um, he was on the podcast that we make, um, which is brilliant, the Alan Johnson, for, uh, uh, if, if I Ruled the World, is it? I can't remember now. <laughs> should know that. <laughs> that one we, changed, make, yeah. we changed the title. Anyway... Alan Johnson's podcast, he's, in one episode, it might have been the one where he interviews Andrew Neil, and they're talking about print union. And, you know, he was like head honcho in the Postal Workers Union for a long yeah. time. And even Alan Johnson is like, the print union. Fucking hell. When he went, it was a vehicle for other ugly elements. Oh, Jesus. Like in society that used it as a sort of a vehicle for them. I, I, I don't want to go too deep into it. There's bound to be a printer or someone who knows a printer listening, and it's like yeah. crossing the fucking mafia or the IRA. Yeah, They'll come you, and get me. But ref- what, all, I, all, I, all I want to say is is that no, no one at the printers would have treated me or any other visiting editorial figure from like, uptown as a dignitary. Yeah, we got and fair enough, they're doing the hard graft, aren't they? They don't want me poncing in. They go, oh, here you are, your highness. Yeah. Let us roll Lordy out dog. the red carpet. You're yeah. sitting in your fucking fancy office up in West London, just coming up with stupid fucking ideas for your pathetic magazine. All true. And uh, we're the cunts having to fucking waste our time printing it all. I'll tell you what we do every week. We grab one of the issues off the, off the conveyor belt and we all stand around looking at it. And by God... We've got you sussed as a right cunt, mate. Some <laughs> yeah, of this shit you come out with. To be honest, I'd have to hold my hands up, wouldn't I, and go, well, you know, it's a living, mate. Yeah, but, yeah I'm not. I'm not saying it's fucking Shakespeare, am I? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, so this one hasn't been printed very well on the front cover, at least. But um might have just been a bad batch. Who knows? Yeah, you so can inside, We've got Roy of the Rovers, and uh, we'll catch up with it. At the top, it says, in speech marks, this guy will kill someone before he's finished. Oh, who's that about then? Well, we will find out. And it tells us at the beginning what, what's going on. Melchester Rovers versus Carmody's Cavaliers, a touring team of top-class international cricketers. The first of a series of one-day cricket matches in aid of Stanthorpe United, a struggling fourth division club managed by former Melchester star Lofty Peak. But in the opening overs of the game, the Cavaliers giant Aussie fast bowler, giant, <laughs> mm. Ralph Meeker, struck a devastating blow. And he's uh, he's bowled one at uh, Mervyn. Um, and Mervyn has gone off. Uh, what's Mervyn called again? Mervyn Peak, is it? Wallace. No, Mervyn Wallace. Lofty peak, isn't it? Mervyn Wallace. Mm. Uh, he's been led away. He's got his arm in a sling and they're putting him into a car. Um, I assume someone's driving him home. He doesn't look fit to drive, not with one hand. <laughs> well, but it was looks- the 80s. <laughs> you're uh, you're allowed to drive one-handed until New Labour actually banned that yeah, in, in the 90s, that. which a lot of people said was health and safety gone mad. Yeah. But it was one of the first things David Blunkett did as Home Secretary. Because you're allowed to drive blind as well, and he, yeah. he actually outlawed that himself. It, he banned himself, himself from driving, yeah. which I thought was quite a noble. He took quite a noble stand on that issue. Yeah, he did. So, um, yeah, Mervyn is getting into the car. He's been helped in, and Roy is watching on, standing there with Charlie Carter, uh, and he says, "How is he, Charlie?" 
Charlie says, bad bruising at the very least, Roy. <laughs> Heap bad bruising. <laughs> Merv will have to be taken to hospital for checkup from which doctor? Who was the Native American character in the Beano? Was it called Little Plum? Yeah, yeah, it was Little, <laughs> it was little Plum. Yeah. And that is where all that dialogue comes from. Yeah. I and also he, think there were Native American bears as well in one of the comics, but they all said, um, big heap and all that stuff, didn't <laughs> they? Stuff. I can't remember anything else, just, but it was all um, it, big it, heap. It was just fucking made up by a, a yeah. Scotsman because they were all up in, back Dundee. in DC Thompson. It's all up in Dundee, isn't it? it yeah. this, is a, this is a 1970s Scotsman's idea of how Native <laughs> Americans spoke, and it's just stuck with all of us. It's like people make those things up, like the actor who played Long John Silver in Treasure Island, like the original mm. movie of Treasure Island. Well, maybe there only has been one, which is well worth getting because I've got it on DVD and it's fucking hilarious, right? But the actor, yeah. whose name I forget, who got the role of Long John Silver, he just thought, right, I've got to play a pirate. Mm, I wonder how a pirate might talk. So he started giving it all that, army hearties, like sort of slightly Cornish, but really like over the top. Total fiction made up by that actor who was just creating a larger-than-life character. And since then, every time someone portrays a pirate, not just in movies like silly old Johnny Depp's done, but in anyway, life, yeah. like when you're fucking around with your kids and you go, and the pirate and all that. It's just based on that one actor's yeah. like creation. Yeah, the truth is that nobody knows how pirates talk because no records exist. No audio records. No audio records, exactly, yeah. There's a few things that people have written, but they haven't really <laughs> mentioned how they talked. They it just went, the today, yeah. a pirate got on my ship, nicked everything, and killed half my crew. That's basically it, yeah. So, um, yeah, uh, bad bruising, at the very least. So he's away at the hospital. Um, someone in the, in the, in the crowd says, yeah, that delivery from Mika almost broke his arm. And then back to the action, and Ralph Meeker with a great big shitty in grin on his face. He's loving this. He's just using these fucking footballers as target practice. Um, and he balls another one right at Blackie Gray. And Blackie Gray again lifts his bat up, almost to use as a, a shield. Um, and there's another lifter. Blackie Gray couldn't keep it down. Uh, and he's just flicked it up, and it's been caught. He's out. Simple catch to mid-off. <laughs> They've got all the fucking jargon, these fucking Lampards, haven't they? Yeah, They don't just know everything about football. They know everything about cricket as well. They know everything well, about everything. A lot of people do that, though. We talked about that before. Wimbledon and cricket. Mm. People suddenly get like, I, I mean, I do it. I'll be like, yeah, uh, I'll, I'll start talking about fucking tennis, like, but trying to drop words in. But yeah. just for like two weeks. Yeah. And, well, it's like and, you with your machines, isn't it? The printer's... Pretending yeah, you know really what it's all about. Yeah. Bluffer's Guide. And uh, yeah, with the cricket, when there's a test, if it's the ashes, you know, mm. I'll be like, I don't know, I don't like this wicket at Edgebaston. I think it's going to favour the Aussies. <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> I remember it was when the first ever space shuttle was launched and they mm. wheeled the TV into the hall and we all got to sit in the hall and watch the space shuttle taking off. Yeah. Like half 11 in the morning, whatever right, it was. kids, have a look at this. Watch this, you cunts. <laughs> And we were watching it, and I was sat next to one of the the uh, the class nerds, uh, 
and I was I was trying to impress him because they were doing like technical jargon on the telly, and I was like, oh, oh yeah, that's a good thing. That oh the booster rockets are coming off now. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's a really good sign. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. I didn't got a fucking clue what I was talking about. I was just a prick. But, I did um, that to my dad last week because he had this um, lung problem, <laughs> these br- breathing difficulties, and he goes, uh, and we're chatting. And I said, yeah, no, they want to x ray lines. I said, but they'd done the blood test, right? He went, yeah. And I said, did they come back all right? He went, yeah, they came back fine. And I went, oh, well, you know it's not an infection then. And he went, really? And I went, yeah, because that would show up in your blood test. There'd be, and he, and he just put, he just, what he did was he just left a space there, like waiting <laughs> to just swing in the wind. Exactly. And I went, I literally filled the gap by going, because there would always be an excess of white blood cells. That's what I said. <laughs> and he went, right. And oh, then there was a know. really long pause. And I just went, actually, I don't fucking know. How would I know that? <laughs> but when I'd said it, I'd actually convince myself. <coughs> oh, God. It's easy to fall yeah. into it, isn't it? A lot of the time you're doing it just to reassure yourself of something. I guess so, yeah. Uh, that's in my yeah. case, anyway. I often, like, tell myself... I say things out loud to basically... Under the guise of reassuring others with expertise, mm. but really all I'm doing is trying to reassure myself with stuff that I know is Very bullshit. Yes. It's good that you've got that level of kind of self-awareness about it. Yeah, yeah. I, I catch myself <laughs> doing it. And they're like, but to be fair, my dad didn't even bat me too much. He probably pitied me. I mean, usually my dad would destroy me for even a minor conversational <laughs> misdemeanor. But in this case, I think he felt it was so pathetic. He just thought, I'm going to uh, fucking leave that he's, one. He's the master. I love that silence that he just left there. Yeah, just, yeah oh, he on, knows. Yeah, yeah. Go on. Go Give on. him Keep enough going. rope. Oh, yeah. Keep going. Blood tests, yeah? Come on then, tell us why. Oh, white blood cells, is it? Excess of white blood cells. Oh, great. Thank you, Thank you Dr. Dickhead. Dr. Kildare. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, where are we? Uh, there's another lifter. Uh, Blackie's been caught out. Um, the fucking, what's he called? Mika leaps into the air. Um, and the Lampard says, that's three of the Rovers' batsmen gone. Two dismissed and one retired hurt. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> okay, hell. And uh, Mika, as Blackie skulks off, looking miserable, Mika says, I told you I'd be playing better than last season, Grey. I've got a lot of things to prove. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking hell. Never cross an Aussie who's got a point to prove. Yeah. I'm not just an Aussie, I'm a man. An Aussie (laughs) man. And uh, Roy... (laughs) Roy's there to, to see Blackie as Blackie goes off. Sorry, Roy, this guy will kill someone before he's finished. <laughs> Unless we kill him first, Roy. <laughs> yeah. No, We've got no, Blackie. It's a charity match, I've told you. <laughs> I reckon we can get one of those stumps right up his ass if we try. <laughs> I will send a message out to the rest of them. This is what happens. We'll leave him in the so, town square. We'll get it so far up his ass it'll tickle the back of his throat. <laughs> and we'll leave him bent over in the town square so everyone knows <laughs> this is what happens to anyone who disrespects Roy Race. Send a message out to the community. <laughs> so Roy says, uh, why don't the umpires warn him about bowling short pitch deliveries? <laughs> 
<laughs> Roy's just know. sat there in the pavilion, can't really be asked getting him on his feet up. Why don't I fucking up us do something? Why do I have to do everything? <laughs> and Blackie, there's we get a close up on Blackie's face. And he says, because they're not deliberate bouncers. Mika seems to have developed a new weapon in his armory. A ball which rears up sharply off a perfect length. What? <laughs> oh, fucking hell, Blackie. What the fuck? He's, he's reinvented cricket, right? <laughs> and physics. <laughs> he's, he's fucking... He's like Jeff Boycott mixed with Sir Isaac Newton. <laughs> and Blackie stomps off into the pavilion and says, good thing he can't do it every time or he'd be unplayable. <laughs> <laughs> and they all look shocked at this pronouncement. And Roy looks shocked most of all. And Roy thinks... Oh, thanks for the encouragement, pal. Blackie's had enough. Blackie's like, fuck this. He's reinvented cricket. I, I denounce cricket. Um, And then at the other end, West Indian Wes Seal uh, was also bowling very fast. So, well, this is what happens when you get like top class professional cricketers to play against a bunch of footballers. It's bound to happen. It's not yeah. going to be pretty. Um, and he, he balls it, and the crowd says, Oh, a beauty! Beat him all the way! Um, Paco Diaz almost got an outside edge. So it's gone past Diaz. Diaz doesn't touch it. It bounces over the, the wickets. He's not out. Uh, well, then it says, But two balls later. Uh, How's that? shouts uh, Wes Seal. And uh, Paco has been done leg before wicket. Paco's gone, leg before wicket. He was beaten for sheer speed. So it's not going well. I don't know why they thought this would be a, a, a positive fucking game. But uh, it says Roy's team had lost three wickets for only eight runs. That's wow. not good. That's we know that good. shit, yeah. I'm no cricket expert, but that's not good. Mm. Um, I've said, I, I did start watching, the, you know, Channel 4's got the... India versus England test rights and it's on oh, first it. thing in the morning yeah mm. it's on channel 4 starts at 4 in the morning and I've been watching it over the last couple of mornings I can see cricket becoming part of me just rest ethos as the oh, years go by it's perfect for that yeah it's perfect yeah. for that watching and a test match on, I mean. yeah someone said on Twitter the other day the, th- the point about test match cricket is you've got to just let it wash over you yeah and yeah, I mean, there have little... been. I don't. Re- yeah, I don't know much about cricket, but there have been test matches in the past that I have sort of yeah. put time aside very occasionally. And yeah, you have to get into the groove of watching it and mm. sort of just know when there's significant moments are happening, and then it can get tremendously exciting, like that crescendo of the famous Ashes series yeah. in two thousand and five. Whenever, yeah. Or 2000, was it? No, was it 2007? Fuck no. I can't remember. But the one where they all got pissed in Downing Street afterwards, that one. Yeah. And it went right down to like the final balls and stuff like that. Jalapeno. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Jalapeño. Yeah, I mean, it can be good and it's perfect for the Just Rest Lifestyle. And in fact, going. My dad lives not far from Lord's and he, right. and he sometimes goes there on his own. Mm. Right, um, but I I don't know what he does. He doesn't he doesn't drink really. My dad, uh, so he's not one of these guys who'll be there, sort of. But you see, you do see guys who are like there, and they bring a hamper. The best thing about it is the fucking you can take a massive basket of food, mm. and you can just sit there slowly, just eating fucking sandwiches and cakes, maybe yeah. a, a flask of tea, and just while away a perfectly pleasant afternoon well we've got durham here i live about five miles away yeah. from durham critic club i can easily see that becoming part of me just rest lifestyle once everything's up and running again on my own you yeah because yeah. this is gonna fucking, fucking come on me yeah exactly well you know i was telling um, you about uncle tom last week on last week's uh, Roy episode Dave. yeah and uh, and he he used to go like to lords or the oval take himself there and he'd and my grandma his sister she'd go with him but yeah. she wasn't really that interested in cricket, but she'd just go along because it was a nice day out and they'd bring a picnic. Yeah. Yeah, she's cheap even as well. What's going on? It's just being outdoors in the nice weather and have something to eat. Yeah. Of course. Lovely. Brilliant. Um, yeah, so here we are. Um, Paco Diaz is out. Uh, it says Roy's team had lost three wickets for only eight runs. Um, more wisdom from the crowd. Uh, and Mervyn Wallace is unlikely to bat again. I'd fucking say so. He's fucking gone home with a sling on his arm. Unlikely. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, Charlie Carter, the wicketkeeper. I shouldn't think he'll last very long. So they're expecting <laughs> Charlie Carter to come in next. But no, look who it is striding onto the pitch with a fucking big grin all over his fucking chops. It's Roy Race. All right, cunts. <laughs> Let's fucking. It is. Yeah. It the is ultimate all right, cunts. All right, cunts. Here let's comes. fucking let's fucking put things back into order, shall we? Yeah, yeah. Enough's enough. You've had yeah. your fun, you right. fucking wankers. <laughs> you top class cricketers have had your fun. Now I'm here to put everything right. Time yeah, to fucking teach right. you a thing or two about so-called cricket. It's Roy, but he's number eight on the card. He's obviously Not promoted anymore, himself cunts. in the batting order. Yeah. <laughs> Unilateral decision, cunts. Look up the I fucking club rule book. I, I can do what I want when I want. Roy hasn't put himself as one of the openers. He's put himself at number. Yeah, eight but on the sometimes card. you do, don't you? Isn't it true that sometimes you do stick a good batsman in the like the middle order? In the middle, yeah, but eight's down towards the end, isn't it? Yeah, but this is where he, so, yeah. he's coming. He's coming at four. Um, hoping to stop the rot, eh, Racy? Well, I wouldn't give much for your chances. This is Ralph some fucker. Um, oh, is it Ralph? It's Ralph. He looks like a different man. 
If he's got it a is. tash, it's Ralph. If he's got a tash, it's Ralph. Well, he's smiling. That's why he looks different. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Roy hits back. Just what a lot of goalkeepers have said, Ralphie. He's called me fucking <laughs> Ralphie. Did you hear that? He called me fucking Ralphie. Fucking the cat's weasel. trying to do me. Okay. He's trying I can to tell I'm me. up against a formidable opponent. But I'll tell you now, some some silly bastard tried to shoot him in the head last year, I heard, and it didn't work out. Well, why don't I finish the fucking job with a ball? <laughs> I know where the soft spot is, and I'm aiming for it. Hmm. it right says, into Roy- that fucking girlish pom hairdo you've got going on there. <laughs> now, in case you weren't sure, it then says at the next bit, Roy, a batsman who liked to chance his arm... Oh, had played a number of useful innings for superstar teams in the past. Yeah, I have. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Put that in. Hey, skill. Put in <laughs> that I've played for superstar teams in the past. Superstar what? teams. And I want to say I'm modest, so just say useful innings. In fact, they were <laughs> fucking classics. Not just charity knockabouts. These are like proper players. I'm decent. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But I do like the- to chance me arm. Put that because I'm very, I'm very uh, cavalier in my yeah, approach. It's, it's quite vague about what it means, but put it in because it sounds good. <laughs> and there's a couple of Lampards in the crowd. I reckon he's out of his class now, though. Poor old Roy won't even see Beale's first ball. We'll see about oh, that. Where's Beale? Is it? I need fucking glasses. It's not where's Seal. It's where's Beale. I do apologise. Roy just concentrated on stopping the first one. And uh, he thinks to himself as he just bats it away to the side, I've got to get used to his pace before I do anything flashy. Oh! <laughs> oh! That's the plan, is it? I'll get flashy in a minute. At I've first, got to show this cut up. <laughs> I'll lull him into a false sense of security. <laughs> and then, blam! <laughs> <laughs> Fucking six, you cunt. So he just oh, he's it gone away. right out. He's gone right out over the pavilion. That's a twelve. <laughs> yeah, we're playing Charity on my rules room. now. <laughs> well, stop, Roy. And then uh, Noel Baxter's at the other end, and he says, "Come on, Roy, run!" Fucking hell, Noel Baxter's fucked it up. He's just knocked this away. It's not even. It's not even a single. But Noel Baxter's took it in his daft head to run. Oh, classic goes, oh. Baxter! Classic Baxter! What the fuck Total are you Baxter. doing now? Total Baxter! You clown! It, it says instinctively. Roy responded to his partner's call. Oh no! Noel Baxter is trying to do him a favour by pinching the bowling, but it was a suicidal call. Suicidal. That's a fucking strong word for a kids comic isn't it <laughs> mummy mummy what is suicidal um, oh bad it's about when a human takes his own life it's about when a human reaches the end of his tether can take no more <laughs> of what we call life and ends <laughs> fucking hell all oh. he can see before him is blackness an abyss all of the hope has been sucked out of his existence and he feels the world would be a better place without him in it now darling would you like these fingers for your tea or turkey twizzlers <laughs> uh, yeah okay um, it was a suicidal call Roy's going to be run out for a duck so uh, it looks like it's Ralphie there that's fucking about to get the ball and we'll find out 
And it says just at the bottom, it says, it looks that way, pals. Pals. But see for yourselves next week. So we'll find out next week mm. if Roy indeed is run out for a duck. I like it when they refer to you directly. Yeah. Like they break the fourth wall of the comic. Yeah. It's really good. And it's always pals as well. A um, couple of other bits. Are oh, you going to give that marks out of 10, that one? I'll give that a nine. Nine, yeah. Mm-hmm. Good. A couple of other bits. Of course, there's the famous football's funnies page where uh, kids send in ideas for one-panel jokes and then Goldie drew them this week. Drawn by Goldie, it says, whoever he is. And if you get your joke published, you win well, three quid. It might be the drum and bass, famous drum and bass oh, DJ. Oh, it might have been, yeah. It yeah. might have been what he did because he was, but famously, Goldie before he became famous for his music, he was a mm. renowned graffiti artist. Yeah, in the West Midlands, and you know, graffiti artists are very often yeah. just talented artists per se. So perhaps this is how he scratched a living before making it big in music. Yeah, it must have been. So this one is the one we're focusing on has been sent in by Lloyd Naylor from Allerton, and it's a goalkeeper. He's wearing a cap and he's looking at the crowd. Um, he is, his hands are trembling. They've got the little motion marks next to his hands and he appears to be sweating. And he's looking at a woman who's right behind the goal. She's got long, dark hair and I'll be blunt here. She's got great big tits. <laughs> and yeah, yeah, she has. Oh, she's and amazing. He's looking at her and his mouth, his, his jaw has dropped and he says... The referee stand next to me says, Ref, when does the game finish? <laughs> because, I don't know, is he going to try and hump this woman? I don't know what's <laughs> going on here. This is a yeah, child's comic. Really weird. Um, and if you'll notice, the weirdest thing about it all is next to the woman with the big tits is a cat. <laughs> this is like my dream. I'm playing, this is like a dream I would have where I was a professional goalkeeper. Yeah. Yeah. And at the side of the pitch, there was two of my favourite things. Large titted, a large titted woman and a lovely pussy cat. And a lovely cat. Fucking yeah. dreamland, mate. And he's, I mean, he's got his hands. All you need is her hand. clutching a flask of tea. And then, oh, like, that's yeah. it. It's the hat trick. He's got his left hand down right next to his cock and balls. And it's trembling in what it could be described as a wanking position. But it's uh, it's there. Ah, the cat's in all, the, all of the pictures so weird though page. is that oh, that's, the, that's the beginning just to be clear i'm not missing something so i've got scanning that's the beginning and the end of the joke that's it yeah it? one panel joke yeah. that is in a probes yes it is in a probes because so. he is just well, like like just because she's a sexy woman mate like so mm-hmm. what she's just there to watch the game it's not her fault that she, you find her attractive yeah exactly like, Concentrate on the game. For some reason, the referee, who is stood in a Larry Grayson camp position, <laughs> is disapproving of the whole thing. Yeah. Shut your dirty mouth and get on with the game. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, that's been sent in by Lloyd Naylor, who I imagine is probably 36. Yeah, um, I've got a great idea for a fucking... I don't, do, they, do they pay out for that if they publish it? Because I've got quid. a brilliant idea that I'm going to do. She's got, no, you've got to make the tits really nice, right? <laughs> That's the only way that the joke's going to land. And one other important thing, make sure you draw a fucking cat next to her <laughs> who's got his paws <laughs> over the advertising audience and he's watching the game. <laughs> That's just extra bit of funny. 
Do it exactly like I say. <laughs> then we've got the Roy's message bit, where he always starts off with, Hi, pals. Uh, he talks about the sign, please, page, which is the, the bit where you have a full-length picture of a footballer and their signature. Because autographs were massive in 1982. Getting an autograph was, yeah. was huge, wasn't it? Now it's all so about get getting one... a picture. Right? Yeah. Like Autographs are out of fashion, aren't they? Because if you see yeah. someone famous, you want a picture with them. Well, I yeah, do anyway. It. A lot we, of people we've been, think... We've been on tour. We've never been asked for an autograph. We've been asked for countless selfies. Yeah. Never an autograph. <clears throat> so he says, um, the same I'll please. ask any cunt for a photo who is famous. And I've got... And I've met a huge amount of famous people over the years. So, right. But the novelty never wears off. And you're supposed to be cool, especially if you're a journalist. So it's like, yeah, I interview famous people all the time, which I have done over the years. And yet, nevertheless, I will always say I want a photo. And people say, well, I'm not being ironic. I just want a photo of myself next to the famous person because I think it's fun. Right. (laughs) Like, and my wife, who's very much the opposite of me in lots of ways in terms of that, she's very feet on the ground, not easily impressed or excited. She mentioned in passing the other day on a, group that we're both on with other friends right relatives that she once attended you know there's this thing the bad sex awards yeah right and it's for the worst uh sex scene in any book published that year mm-hmm. right and it's been going for years and someone published something that someone tweet uh, put a message on a board with an example of this year's winner and my wife said oh yeah i went to that one year I went, really? What was it like? Was it funny? She went, no, it's a really boring night. The only thing I remember about it was that Sting was also there, right? And she <laughs> mentioned this to me. And this should have been when I we were together, whether we were married. We certainly were living together, right? Yeah. But she had never mentioned it before, right? And I went, hang on a minute. You were at the Bad Sex Awards with Sting? And she mm. was like, yeah. And I said, well, what happened? She went, what do you mean what happened? And I said, well... Did you meet him? She went, no, no, he's just sat on the table next to me and I just thought, there's Sting. And I was yeah. like, but why didn't you go and get a photo taken with him at least? And she was like, why would I do that? It would be really weird and naff. And I was like, fucking hell. I said, I don't care how weird or naff it is. If I'd been somewhere where Sting was for the whole evening, I would have a hundred photos of me and Sting together. <laughs> I, I am completely and utterly in the same camp as your good wife. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Most people are. Most grown-ups yeah. are, to be honest. But I just love it. I love it. Oh man, I've had, I think I can only think of one photograph I've had taken with a famous person I've been around. That was Bernard Sumner at a New Order, right? And I remember feeling at the time this is awkward and embarrassing, and this didn't need to happen. Um, and I've never done it again since. With anybody. I can see, I, I can understand why people think that, and I, I think that amongst rational grown-ups, then I'm certainly in the minority. But my <laughs> attitude is, is that I am the the cool. I think that some people are like, well, I'm cool, and I'm not impressed by it. But I, like I say, despite the fact that I've I've met pro- probably, I mean, I'm not showing off, but because of my career, I've met more famous people than the average person has, and yet I remain. Pretty much as impressed and excited now as I would have been when I was a child by seeing someone really famous, right? And having contact with them. And I will want a photo. And I'm not, I can't pretend that I'm cool or unimpressed. I am very impressed. I just am. And I'm like, wee! There he is. Come on, mate. Let's have a photo. Oh, don't be shy. I love it. Oh, God. 
I mean, I've got my favourite ever, and I've got a million of them, but my favourite ever is uh, me and Paolo Di Canio when he came into TalkSport and I interviewed him. It was one of the greatest day ever. And I have that photo magneted, if that's a word, to my Mm -hmm. fridge. That's nice. So every company come around. People like you where you are. Come on, payback time. Come on. Say cheese. And anyone who comes around my house, I go, oh, come in, take shoes off, right, straight through to the kitchen, have a butcher's of that, mate. See that? That's right. It's me, yep. yours fucking truly, with Paolo Di Canio Esquire. That's me, Di Canio, right now, come through the living room. This is me big key. It says <laughs> Sam Delaney on it, but it was actually me granddad's. Interesting story. Right, that's that one done. Sit now, down. come I'll upstairs a minute. I want to show you the damp on the uh, spare room. It's terrible. <laughs> Any ideas about what I should do about that? Because I'm thinking of getting the old roof retiled. But the last contractor I had around said it was a pointing problem. <laughs> That's what happens when you come to my house. Jesus, remind me never to go to your house. <laughs> so uh, Roy says in the uh, the Roy's message bit, Hi, pals. Sign, please, has always been the most popular feature in my paper. It started off as a page, but because the response was so great, it soon became two pages. Because we realised it was an easy way of filling two pages instead of just one. (laughs) (laughs) Since my comic began in September 1976, one of the most requested stars has been the player who will be occupying next week's centre pages. I still get requests for him, even though he retired from the game four years ago. (laughs) Even though I personally think he is a bit of a cunt. But whatever. It's the (laughs) inimitable Edson Arantes do Nascimento, better known, of course, as Pele. Uh, it is with a great deal of pride and pleasure to say to Pele, welcome to Roy of the Rovers. Uh, and then he says, unfortunately from next week, Roy of the Rovers will cost 18 pence due to increased production costs. Not least the amount an... I've had to fork out to fucking Pele to get this photo done. Exactly. He says, I know it's an extra 2p, but I'm sure that our paper still gives full value for money. End of. No you, further discussion got... will be entered into. If you've got a fucking problem, write to the head of the fucking print union, right? Because he is fucking out of control. He's got me bent over a barrel, just like Mr Murdoch, who I think has done wonders for news media in this country, right? and I stand with him, uh, okay? The sooner Maggie fucking does to these printers like she's done to them fucking feckless miners, the better. That's the end. That's my thoughts on the matter. Got a problem, like I say, write to them. The NUP, I think they're called. See you next week, pals. <laughs> <laughs> so there we are. That's it from this one. And remember, um, kids, there's no such thing as society. All the best, Roy. <laughs> Every man for himself. I say that from the top of the tree. I start from nothing. Uh, so there we Simple, go. Simple, hard graft and wiliness. Those are the two things you need in life. <laughs> Some say I'm a manipulator. Maybe I am. I don't know. But there you go. <laughs> That's I'm what at it the takes. top of the tree. And That's what not. it takes. You need loyal lieutenants, I'll tell you that. And Blackie has been a godsend for me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't tell him that, though. Uh, I don't want to get him no, above you know, his to get Hierarchy and chain of command is very important. <laughs> <laughs> don't want him to get ideas. Um, so there we go. That's that, that uh, issue dealt with. We'll be back with another one next week. Goodbye and take care. Goodbye, everyone. Please stay safe.
when you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program. 